In this episode, we're going to talk about love languages. I'm Darren, and this is Catherine. Pop quiz, Catherine. We're talking about love languages. Okay. There are five. Do you remember what the five are? Pop quiz. You want me to list all five of them? All five. Or as many as you can. Okay. Physical touch, gifts, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation. I lost count, but you're probably right. I used my fingers. Okay. Those five? Wow. I'm impressed. All right. So here's an article from Best Life Online. If this is your love language, you're more likely to divorce. Wow. Any guesses at what the love language that leads to divorce is? At first, I was going to say no guesses. I can't even imagine what it would be. But I am going to take a stab, and I'm going to say gifts. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's see how, how much you know about marriage, divorce, and love languages. It's a sad truth that every couple who walks down the aisle will find happiness they are after. It's a sad truth. What did I read? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a sad truth. <laughs> what did I read? What did that say? Did it sound right? Let me. That's why I drifted off. It's a sad truth that not every oh. couple who walks down the aisle will find happiness. Freudian slip. They are. Oh, the happiness they are after. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> okay. On the contrary, in 2020, a year with 1 million. 600. 1.6 million. 1.6 million. Here's the thing. You can't. I don't trust any numbers from 2020. That was a rough year. Yeah. Like, let's just let that year go. All right. So your love language can say a lot about you, even whether or not your union will last. Let's read on to find. To start, there are five love languages. So the love languages are a concept developed by author and pastor Gary Chapman to describe the different ways that people express love and like to have love expressed to them. So let's just go into that real quick because this article doesn't. But we named off the five, and they name them here, gifts, quality of time, acts of service, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Now, the thing with the love languages, remember, it's not just about what you like to receive. It's what you like to give. Right. And more often than not, what you like to give is what you like to get. So if you are a quality time type of person like myself, I like to get quality time, then that means that I want to get quality time. Exactly. So those are the gifts. That's how the five love languages work. So here's what they say. Once you know your love language and your partner's love language, you can use this information to discover the ways you can make each other happiest. For instance, if your love Languages, gifts, you might assume the sweetest way to help your partner recover from a bad day is to get them a gift. But if their love language is physical touch, they may actually prefer a cuddle session or a massage. While these preferences may vary from day to day, knowing their love language could help guide your general approach. So let's go into that a little bit deeper. So like I said, I'm a quality time. You, you don't know mine, do you? They're, you're every one of them. I know. You're, Except gifts. You're what I would call a high-maintenance love language. <laughs> so. You don't have to buy me anything, though. If ever. you try to, which I learned right away, because when we first started dating, I tried to buy you things. I tried to give you things, and you're not that interested in them. No. 
So I learned right away that that's not your love language. So on the on the flip side, I'm a quality time partner. Not right away. You kept buying me. Yeah, and like, I kept not using it. What, what is this about? So I'm quality time. If you tried to buy me something, I wouldn't be that into it. I'd be like, why can't we just hang out? Why are you trying to buy me something and get rid of me? Yeah, we know that now, though. All right. So here's. You have to start here. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. Thank you. You you read that. Okay. Unfortunately, there could be one love language that could signal splitsville more often than the others, according to Rory Sassoon, a relationship expert and co-owner of matchmaking agency Platinum Pure. Pure. That love language is gifts. Gifts. You're right. Yeah. So maybe I'm high maintenance, but I'm at least I'm not that one. Right. A person whose preferred love language is gift giving will have the most difficult time connecting with the remaining four love languages, says Sassoon. Whether it's time, touch, service, or words, a gift lover may not see the value in precious moments over presence. This could lead to fights and incompatibility if the other partner doesn't understand the gift giver's approach. Okay, so I was right. What's your take on that? You buying her philosophy? Yeah, I was more just thinking, like, you might be in it for the wrong reasons. You might be shallow. Well, it's not about being a shallow thing, though. I think a lot of times, now, I'm probably overstepping my boundaries here in the psychology level, but I think a lot of times the love language that we have and that we want to give to others, because this isn't just a partner thing either. This isn't just a like romantic partner thing. This is about friendships, family. family. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you know that a friend is like, here's how you tell if a friend is physical touch, they like to hug or shake hands or lots of pats on the back, or they're going to have their arm around your shoulder while you're talking mm -hmm. or around your hip or something like that. They're just more touchy-feely than the average person. So it's not just romantic thing. I think psychologically, a lot of our love language is probably developed in our youth okay. by how our parents give us love or how we perceive our parents are giving us love. Yes. And gifts, I think, are something... Some are more personal than others, like some are more keepsakes, some really a lot of thought goes into them. But I guess when the reason why my guess was gifts is it doesn't have to represent the relationship. It could just be a thing. And that could be a signal that the person's in the relationship for the wrong reasons. Right. So the next paragraph in the article Things could go especially south if there's a change in fortune in a relationship with a person whose love language is gifts. Say their partner went through a rough patch, financially speaking, if they could no longer provide quote-unquote love through gifts, is the relationship at risk of crumbling when the foundation of love involves a present over a person the relationship is fragile to begin with. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Like if you're having a bad a difficult financial season in your life, if your love language is quality time, you can still give that. 
Yeah. Like, let's say you get fired from your job and now you're unemployed. If the love language is gifts, now you don't have money to buy the gifts. But if your love language is quality time. You got lots of time. <laughs> you got lots of time to hang out with each other <laughs> now. Right? Yeah. All right. So any takeaways from this article? I had just never thought that one love language might be better than another. So kind of an interesting topic for an article. Yeah, I think it's nice that we just circle back to love languages every once in a while. I think you and I are aware of each other's. I don't know if they change much over time. Like we said, we were aware of each other's. You're everything but gifts. They're all equal to you. I'm mostly quality time. But if you're not familiar with it, I would recommend checking out the book. And there's, or if you Google it, you can probably take a quiz online. That's what, man, how long ago did I do this? When I first came out here, I was doing that. So 14. 2008. Yeah. 14 years ago or so. But if you've never done that, I think it's a good thing to know about yourself, to be self-aware of your own love language. Because again, like we said before, but I think it bears repeating, people tend to give what they want to get. Which you shouldn't necessarily do. Right. So here's an example. We'll end it with an example. Let's say one spouse is an acts of service. Okay. And the other spouse is a quality time. Okay. Dinner is done. Yep. The one spouse that's quality time gets up from the dinner table, goes and sits on the couch, and wants to spend quality time with the other one. Yes. The acts of service one goes into the kitchen and starts doing the dishes and wishes the other spouse would come into the kitchen and help them do dishes. And they're both sitting there on opposite sides of the house, resenting each other. Yep. Got to be aware. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Money and Marriage Podcast with Catherine and Darren. And when you're ready, here's four things that you can do right now. Number one, make sure you're subscribed to this show, whether you're watching or listening. If you're watching, you can also click the like button, click the thumbs up button. Number two, if you're a first time homebuyer, get a free guide, seven costly mistakes homebuyers make. Visit costlymistakeshomebuyersmake.com. Number three, if you're selling your home, get access to our Get Sell Ready Guide and Checklist. It'll show you how to get your home ready without spending a fortune or wasting your nights and weekends updating and remodeling your home. Visit GetSellReady.com. And number four, start a smart moves conversation with us. Get clarity about what to do next. Get your questions answered, your concerns taken care of, and an action plan customized to your timeline. You can schedule a call with us at SmartMovesCall.com or start a chat with us. Visit M.me slash group.